0: On episode twenty nine of the InsureTech Geek Podcast, talking about making roads safer with radar, with Justine Delprett from Safe Drive Systems. The InsureTech Geek Podcast, powered by Jimmy Knowledge, is all about tech that's transforming and disrupting the insurance world. We interviewing guests and doing deep dives into specific technologies we see changing the industry. We're taking you on a journey through insurance tech, so enjoy the ride and geek out. And we're going to have a fun time this week talking about one of my favorite topics, and that is cars. I am a nut about anything that flies or floats or rolls, and so we're going to talk about safety We're going to talk about safety with radar. We're going to talk about hardware versus software. Of course, you know, if you know me, you know I'm a bit of a software geek, but we have another... InsureTech Geek with us, uh, our illustrious co-host, the most interesting man in insurance, Mr. Rob Galbraith. Rob, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, James. Uh, I have to tell you a quick story. So, uh, kid went to school this week here in Texas, at least in my school district. And uh, the day, the week started off Monday. My youngest is ten; she's starting fifth grade, and uh, they're starting at home, which I'm sure many kids, you know, and, and parents are dealing with this. And so, yeah, like you know. I log in to my computer and I kind of work from home and I get this rage text all caps. Who is using the internet with a <laughs> mad face? And I'm like, my wife also works out of the house. So we're like, oh, we we all do. <laughs> so we've been managing it uh all week. And so uh, today, you know, I was talking to my wife, talking about wrapping it up. We got kids going to sports things later tonight and tomorrow and all that. And she's like, oh, by the way, happy anniversary was like, oh no oh no shout out <laughs> my wonderful wife danny shout out our 11 year anniversary today
0: awesome and with us someone who we're gonna have a great conversation with because she's all about technology and making driving safer which is a super important topic her name is Justine Delprett. Justine, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks for having me. Hey guys,
0: yes, I please. love that
2: story with the anniversary. Isn't that the um, <laughs> most cliche? Forgetting, you know, the man forgets the anniversary. It's great.
1: Yeah, she's like, I don't have a card. Like, we're not going to, to eat. <laughs> well, fair. We, we, I think we've agreed on some place we're going to get like just a take, take out, out, you know, like we'll order online and have them. So we're, we're going to carve out some time this weekend, but yeah, it's kind of 2020. It's like, Oh my God. just
0: You better carve some yeah. time. Huh? But it's not like, you know, everybody's spending more time than they ever imagined with their significant others. Cause all travel is dead. And it's like, Oh my gosh, I'm constantly around these people and they're great. My kids are great, but like, I didn't intend to be around them 23 hours a day. You know like so school here in college Station started in person, not online, so they are in the buildings they're 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 wearing masks all day and and they're loving it and they're happy to wear the masks so they are they are there and so far so far so good we'll see how it works out. you know, you know that we're not going to talk about COVID anymore, though we're going to talk about tech and I just want to remind our listeners out there, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, if you're listening to this, but you're not subscribed. Text geek out to six six eight six six. That G E E K geek out. You too can be an insure tech geek by texting geek out to six six eight six six and make sure you never miss an episode. So Justine, you have you have a fascinating background, and I want to talk about where are you born at because we love talking about the insurance side of things. We love talking about technology. Almost nobody like chooses to go into insurance as a life. No, that calling. never happens. You my know, you,
2: whole family's in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You end <laughs> up in insurance. Didn't work
0: out. Yeah, you end up in insurance. You don't like. You just
2: going to land there.
0: Yeah, you land there, and then you're like, "Oh my gosh, this is awesome," which is what happened to me. You know. But let's talk about you. Where were you born and raised? When you were a kid, what did you dream of doing? And then, so. and, and then, where did you study? And how'd you how'd you wind up where you're at?
2: Sure. All right. So I am born and raised. I'm a Long Island girl for life. I grew up in a little small town called Garden City in Nassau County, and here in New York, spend my summers in the Hamptons. And I go to the city every day for work. I am the typical typical friend, lady friend. I was actually pre law, so I actually worked for an insurance company, an MGA in Long Island, some of the big guys in the compliance and claims department. And I loved law. I did a lot of volunteering in college. So I worked for women's shelters. So I wanted to do do domestic abuse, child neglect. I worked really heavily with CPS for many years, ran a hotline, something that's near and dear to my heart. I still work at the shelters here in Long Island. They are underground, but great cause. So I wanted to go into law, did not expect to be here. And then my second dream was fashion. And I did start that that career path when I decided not to go to law school. But then I ended up in insurance because I'd rather be able to buy the clothes. Than it was uh, definitely devil's wear product. So I had an opportunity. I began in insurance. I worked at an MGA and kind of just spread from there. I got my master's in PR and marketing, worked in marketing and insurance specifically. So I have my broker's license. I don't use it, but it's there if I need it. And I really like the risk management part of it. I guess that's the law in me, that kind of the analytical side of it, risk management services. So it was only natural that after many years to come to an insure tech, right? I wouldn't I think that word needs to evolve, by the way. I would not consider myself an insure tech. I think we're more of this word called I developed it. I I don't know if it's a real world risk hack because we are you know a loss mitigation tool so
0: sure and we're going to talk about what the company does but you you got way into way more than just speeding up them buying insurance right because you have we, we've talked and not that that's a small deal because that's a really big deal for a lot of folks is making insurance more accessible making it easier to buy making it faster to buy like those are all really good things but the technology that you're developing actually prevents the loss in the first place and and that's something that makes it really different so i agree with you risk tech is probably a better umbrella for you to talk about what was the cuz you worked you know in your in your background by the way you went to college in florida is that right
2: i went to rollins yes in winter park it's right outside of disney world i know i
0: know know where it is is. i I go down there all the time man yeah i
2: love disney i have i have a time sharing disney (laughs) (laughs) Disney. i'm 33 years old with no children i'm the girl wearing her cinderella outfit all around the disney
0: yes you are here's (laughs) my favorite thing to do is to take like one of my employees like one of my management team and we'll go to disney world and it just like two of us like like me i took diego one time my head of product and when you have two adults like you can fly through disney and you can do like single rider line and you can blow through it and catch all the rides my it's amazing boyfriend
2: hated me we went for bouncers, said he's just like this is the least romantic trip i've ever taken in my life he's like you don't allow me to sleep i don't i'm like we gotta go we have an itinerary <laughs> <laughs> going through magic kingdom till 2 a.m of you know
0: yeah. Uh, so you you had these really cool life experiences and you went down to Florida, like many New Yorkers do. You know, New York is like half, half New Yorkers make up half of Florida. Been to Florida. Yeah, yeah kind life. of typical. And then you go, you get your master's from Hofstra and, yeah. and, and then you're working at Hugh Wood. You're working as a market analyst at AIG. And then, you know, two years ago, something, I guess, a year and a half, two years ago what happened, like what sparked leading leaving one of the largest insurance companies out there? And
2: so jumping being in? on the carrier side, I think I think the journey that I took, although I don't regret it, I think that it probably should have been the other way around and then land where I landed now would have been the end result. But um going from an MGA and then the broker to a carrier, it's just really different pace. It's a completely different environment, especially I was in such a different capacity. I do marketing. So I was always part of like new products. I was heavily into risk management. Risk management was a large part of my job working with the risk management teams for content and bids and RFPs. So you really need that risk management knowledge in order to write that kind of content and to help your sales team to sell. So it was kind of weird for me to go to the carrier at the end. And I was like, you know, I, I think I want to be on the innovative side. I want to try something that's really new. And this opportunity, my boss, I mean, he was after me for quite some time. And I said, you know what, I'm going to take the leap. I'm going to try something new. And I thought it would be really cool to, to be a part of, you know, to still use what I've learned, you know, with my risk management, and kind of always saving lives. I'm always a saver. My mom always says I, I love wounded birds, and that's kind of what we do here. I work for an insure tech that saves, in my opinion, saves lives. So it was kind of just my natural progression. I think that I it was fate to end up where I ended up.
0: So tell tell us exactly wh- uh, as as they would say in the office space, what exactly it is you do here. You're <laughs> you're, you're so safe. Drive is combining, and and you know I'm, I'm I I typically lean on software, but y- y'all are both. You 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 span the gap, you have hardware and software, you're bolting on for commercial auto and you're actually helping prevent the accident and then you're also logging data around when accidents happen so you can troubleshoot them later?
2: Sort of, sort of not. So we are hardware and a software, but definitely don't forget about the human factor. We are all about empowering the human aspect, helping the driver become a better driver, not distracting the driver, not taking away from the driver, not being invasive, you know, not kind of stepping on the driver's so. We want your employees, you know, your drivers to be safe. And then we want others on the road to be safe, right? So if we can prevent that from happening, uh, catastrophe, let's do it. And, that, and that's kind of the goal that we set out to do. We use technology in order to make the road safer. It's our mission for every tech solution that comes out of our pipeline. Every product is dedicated to that, that overreaching goal. It's to save lives, make the road a safer place through our, through the use of technology. Okay, I'm proud to say that I think that we we do a pretty pretty damn good job at. It,
0: so. But but you're not the only company out there that puts sensors and cameras on cars. So what no, what, what but I, mean, I have there's a bunch of those solutions. one of the
2: few that has collision mitigation technology. There actually only is one other player in this space, and we were actually one company at one time.
0: Okay, oh, drama. Let's those hear the story, stories, like, right, guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, well. So so. So uh, does that mean that you're actually doing interventional braking and taking and, and moving the steering wheel? No.
2: Again, no intervening with the driver. This is strictly, we want the drivers to be better. We're just trying to give them the tools they need to get there. And we do that. And And there's a lot of, you know, servicing that we do, a lot of customization that went into this. I think it's, it's naive to think that, you know, tech is just, you could put it in and walk away. I never understood that part of tech solutions that are out there that do that. The tech solution is only as good as the person knows how to use it and to use it to its maximum potential. So again, safety's safety as a service is a huge part of what I do. I mean, my job is a little interesting. I kind of created it just because of my background, like you said. It, it is stream, extremely unique. My story is unique. And when I got here, I saw this product being so different than what my boss is. He's a tech guy. He came out of Israel. He started three different tech solution companies and and took them IPOs. So you know his perspective was completely different. When I saw this product, I saw all the risk management and the loss mitigation things that you can kind of do with this. Before they were just trying to sell to direct clients, and I said that's not the way to go. You know, risk managers will love this stuff. This is what they do all day. This and they have better relationships with clients. So we really should be reaching out to the insurance segment this is a loss mitigation tool. The team's like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, there's there, there, there's a lot of education, right? That, that comes into play. So it's not, not always- I would
2: say the majority of my job is education, honestly. Educating my clients, educating the- industry, especially, you know, I think, pardon me for saying this, but I think since I am in it, I can. But, you know, insurance is a kind of antiquated up until recently. You know, we were kind of slow rolling to get on that new tech ball. We were resisting. Um, I'm glad to see that everyone is starting to embrace it because I think that there's some really brilliant people with some really great stuff out there that can really change lives and change The way we've been doing things in such a positive way, so I'm happy to be a part of that
1: here. Awesome, Rob. Great stuff, Justine. You have a a terrific background, and yeah, we all fall into insurance, right, in one way or another. So, but I love that that connection that you talked about the saving lives, right? Is kind of a, a common theme throughout. So, tell me a little bit more about Safe Driver Systems and Sorry, Safe Drive Systems. And specifically, like, what differentiates you from the competitors? So there's a lot out there, right? You've got telematics itself collecting the actual data. You have sensors, right, on the vehicles themselves. You have drive cams, as, as, as James mentioned. You know, just kind of looking at your website, I've noticed that you've got some things that are differentiated. That you kind of calling out radar for all weather collision detection, driver alert system. Um, you talked about the human support, and and, and you know you talk about like on site installation. where You work a lot with commercial fleets, so maybe you can just talk about those stuff that you guys do that no one else does.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you guys are, but I always even open my presentations with like with this to when I'm getting on to the educational process. Yes, there is so much tech when it comes to the auto industry right now. Um glad that you brought that up because it's perfect way to seg- segue into this. You have telematics. Telematics has been around 30 years. It is. I don't like to call what we have telematics only because then I get through the drudgery of explaining I'm not a telematics company. I'm not just another telematics company. But the ELD, the GPS tracking, the asset trackers, Dallas keys, backup sensors, all of that is great. But I think the differentiator here in what SafeDrive Systems, what we do, is we are a 360 holistic approach. I have all of these unique tech solutions, and I'm one vendor. It's going to be in one platform and in one place. I did this because I service insurance brokers and carriers. So you need, and most clients, their, their risk profile and their risk exposure they need multiple solutions. Like to think that one tech solution is going to fix all their problems. It, it's just not. So what we do here is we do a very very unique thing. We I do a large claims analysis. I look at the last two lost uh, loss runs of the last two years for each client, and then I do an in depth claims analysis, and then I pair it up with the proper techno- technological solution for that client, and then we work from there. Right what they need. So again, differentiators, I mean, we could go into each product and I could take you down that route. I don't know if you'd want to do that just to spit some out. Like the radar, when it comes to collision avoidance system, our radar is definitely our proprietary um, technology. It's aviation, te- it's based on aviation technology. And the reason why it was implemented is because it, it solves the issue with optic sensors, adverse weather conditions, the visibility problems there. You know, during torrential rains, fog, sleet, snow, hail, and at night, the optic sensor, the rule about it is that if you can't see, the optic sensor can't see. So think about that. We wanted to fix that problem. So we added the radar as a means to address that issue, um, and that's why radar was so important. Backup sensors is great, be- and I usually always pair ninety percent of my clients take my ba- my collision avoidance system and backup sensors. And the reason for that being is because a lot of people back up into inanimate objects, right? So we have to equip the car with usually more of the the, ta- the backup sensors. My dash cam is called Proof. It's um, fairly new. We Launched it about three months ago, and the biggest differentiator there with that product is we are live streaming. So if you want to see Vehicle Six, you can go into that platform, pull it up, and see them. I can tell you this is not me making a bold claim. I'm not talking nonsense. Everybody else is recording and putting it in a cloud, and you have to request the footage. If you want to know what 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 what's going on in your vehicle, you pull it up right then there. Everything. All my products, by the way live, real time. When it the collision avoidance system is sending off the alerts for the hazards on the road, it's to the driver, both audio and visual in real time while it's happening. Because that's another big piece of us. We are all about proactive, like proactive. Proactive solutions prevent, prevent it from getting to the collision part, right? We want to keep you as safe as possible. So in order to be proactive, it needs to be right then and there. And if it's not, you're just kind of waiting for the ball to drop, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean well, look, auto is dangerous. I mean, just in general, and and with, it's been fascinating watching what's happened with auto during during uh, the pandemic since March. You know, severity has gone up. People are driving like maniacs, just to be straight. And there there is certainly something to be said for the observation effect with human beings in general, right? If people know that, the driving behaviors being observed, they drive better. If they know that there's cameras and sensors and it's being reported and monitored, they drive better. And also if there's technology that can help them, they drive better. I mean, I have a Chevy Silverado and it's got, you know, it's a big, big giant truck, you know, Chevy your- has
2: some collision te- avoidance technology in it. Not, it doesn't come fully equipped. That's the other problem. Everyone yeah. thinks that, you know, Oh, my car already has that at the OEM level. No, it doesn't.
0: No, it it doesn't. Does not so, so what, what it's, but, what it's done that saved my butt is it's got, you know, proximity and then it'll auto break and I'll be straight. That saved me twice from getting in in an accident. And it's, it's pretty impressive technology. I'm a pilot. So I fly airplanes every week and I have a radar on a a plane. And I'll tell you that the only, the only challenge with the aviation radar is you have to turn it off on the ground because it literally, it'll literally bake people. I mean, you, you can't, you can't, you can't run an airplane radar on the ground because it'll, it'll particularly damage eyes of ground workers. So I'm curious, since you said it's aviation-grade radar, Certainly as pilots we're all trained to turn the radar off when we get on the ground because of the damage it'll do to people so can you walk me through how this is safe for people?
2: Yeah so it's it's infrared technology but it's it mounted in this really unique component piece and then it's mounted behind the bumper.
0: So it's not x-rays um, then. I mean because that's that's no, yes. Yeah, it's so- not
2: but it it was based and ripped from aviation technology because okay. the person who developed this is in Israel and used to fly planes so for the military so
0: yeah yeah that's, that's awesome i mean it's it, it it's it, look the amount of tech that's in a cockpit now is really amazing uh for helping us and while i'm flying i've got my radar going i got my satellite feeds i've got autopilot running i mean i have i have sensors galore on airplane i mean just i have sensor arrays everywhere telling me everything about what's going on around me and we don't have that and in, and in, and cars to the to the level that we should. I was I was a city councilman here in College Station for two terms, and we had some pretty serious accidents with our garbage trucks. And garbage trucks to me, the biggest
2: waste management yeah. is. Oh, oh it, those are my those yeah it's, high risk exposure. Yeah, for it's sure. scurry,
0: you know. I scur. I'm scurred uh, of, of garbage trucks. These are these are tanks. And
2: they just have so many blind spots. That's yeah. the problem. It,
0: it's a giant blind spot. It's like one giant blind spot. And and the, the real problem with that, and, and Justine, what really scared me when I dug into garbage trucks is that the percentage of the fleet that doesn't even have something as simple as a backup sensor that beeps. Like, as something as simple, they don't have backup cameras. They literally just have like two mirrors on the side, and that's it. No warnings. Yeah. No, no sensors. I mean, there's nothing. So are you going in and bringing it into your shop and you're putting this, you're putting this hardware on, you're doing the install for them?
2: Yeah. So we go to our clients. We have nationwide certified installers that go directly to our clients. That way they don't have any downtime because a lot of our clients, they, they make their money through the use of their vehicles. So if their vehicle is not on the road, they, they're losing profitability there. So we make sure that we try to avoid the downtime. So that you know their their vehicles can be on the road, but for our larger, especially with a lot of municipalities who have shops, especially bus. I work with a bus company and they they have in house shops. So we do do the teaching of the in house guys to do the transfers, mal- the you know malfunctions if there are any, and teach them how to install. Because when they have too many vehicles being traded out and coming in and going out, you, you need to teach them. So we do teach it in-house as well. We send our installers there for like a week and they sit, and they just drill them. So
0: that's awesome. We do
2: have that option. Yeah, we have to for larger fleets. It just would be a mess.
0: Awesome. Rob? Just
1: Dean, really fascinating technology. Maybe you can talk about two things for me. Number one, maybe there's just the types of different deployments, certainly not all the ones that you've done, but maybe just give folks some examples of of different deployments that you've done. And then two, maybe you could talk a little bit more about that relationship with insurance. You know, is it, is it brokers? Is it carriers? You mentioned risk managers. So just kind of bringing it back to that insurance connection.
2: Yeah, definitely. So we work with, I would say the most prominent industries that we're in that I have the most clients in. I have a little bit of everything, right? But majority of my clients are trucking, towing, transportation, construction, municipalities, police departments, fire departments, bus companies, sanitation, waste management. And we also see a lot of like rent fans, like just servicing companies, you know, like HVAC. I would consider like an HVAC or landscapers. We have a, bu- a lot of servicing companies as well. That's the bulk of our business. As far as the insurance industry, yeah, I think I can release this information. I believe the contracts are signed. We will be part of the ecosystem tech solution that with Axa Excel we are endorsed already with Berkshire Hathaway Guard due to a ongoing three-year pilot that we've programmed we did with them way back when which was, you know, the first kind of dipping the first time we dipped our hands into the insurance industry and kind of how we got our feet wet and figured out that this was a space that we wanted to be a part of. My job is that I'm business development. So, again, a lot of education. I'm on a lot of stuff like this where people, you know, I talk about tech. I talk about statistics on, you know, road safety and pretty knowledgeable on it at this point, been in the game for about two years. And I, RIMS organization, we work really heavily. So I, I work with a lot of brokers to educate them. And we kind of create a, a nice little synergy and partnership together and help to bring it to the end client. And then with the insurance carriers, it's a little bit different of a relationship. It's trying to get them, trying to get them on board. We try to do pilots with their IOT departments to get a pilot going. So we take like a nice little niche, like with Berkshire Hathaway, we did the trucking and towing niche, looking into maybe doing logging for somebody else. And you know, we have like, it's usually industry specific. AxXL is going to be with their construction team. So, and we work a lot with risk engineers, right? They're really tech savvy and they want they want answers to problems. You know, they want when a solution comes out, they're on top of it. So I work really, really heavily with risk managers. I mean, they eat this stuff up. They love learning and they are those guys, the insurance geeks. Risk managers are the top of the chain. They're always reading articles, publishing articles, learning new stuff and best practices. So we have really good relationships there.
1: Yeah, that's, that's awesome, Justine. And so I don't know if you're working with these folks at all you mentioned xxl construction but shout out to gary kaplan and rose hall who have been huge supporters of my book the end of insurance as we know it do a great job we're actually featured in uh brian falchuk's book the future of insurance from disruption devolution we had brian on as a previous guest so just uh blatant shout out to a couple friends supporters so well i
0: i didn't know rob that i i'm i'm uh didn't know you were buddies with them because I am too, and uh, I think we all are on this. Call, I know, right? I know. Oh my gosh, we all <laughs> name dropping. I got, uh. I got invited. Yeah, we had we had Gary on my other podcast uh, a couple weeks ago, so he, he was on Contact Crew, and uh, we talked all about the ecosystem when they. It was a few weeks ago when they when they un, when they unveiled it, and it's a neat project. You know, they're they're leading the way and trying to draw a, a, a actual hard connection between tech the insured and the insurer and I, you know, and wire them together both technically with the data and financially. And I, I really think they're participating in, in the future of insurance is good because they're the largest PNC company in the world. So it's exciting that as the largest company in the world, they're not like holding back. They're actually pushing the rest of the industry forward. I and love course, it.
2: I think it, it's it's yeah. it's innovative. I'm so happy to finally see some movement with yeah. it. I love that you know they're breaking ground where no one else was willing to take the chance. And I think that they're going to just continue to. Re- the benefits and i just love that they're they are all about their clients you know the carrier really doesn't do much direct sales and doesn't really ever touch the client and axa i i I was really shocked to learn i love their business model um the fact that you know they take such pride in their clients and that connection and relationship and they go over and beyond they don't just have the relationship with the broker they
0: oh no 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 um, they they a client
2: and that's really rare. And I, I, I love it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're big believers in a direct relationship with the, with the insured and it and it shows. So let's talk about the future. Let's, let's kind of wrap the conversation by talking about what's next. There's so many areas we could go when it comes to auto, because we could just talk about fully autonomous cars. Like, you know, if you want to have a theoretical conversation on, will the world need insurance when all cars are autonomous, by the way, there's a super good series on amazon that i'm watching right now that is about a guy who dies in an autonomous car crash and then they well he he doesn't die he gets severely injured and then they they scan him it's called upload is the name of the show they upload his consciousness into vr and uh, then then it turns out he wasn't actually dying like three episodes later i'm not running that i'm not running the series but they, they were all shocked they're like what do you mean an autonomous car got in an accident That's impossible. Like that's what they all say. So, so like, is is? Let's fast forward to the year twenty twenty five. Do you? I'm gonna ask you. I'm I'm gonna ask you to play Long Island Medium for a second, and I'm gonna ask you to (laughs) put your hair up, do the fun, channel Teresa Caputo, channel your friend Teresa. So Teresa, tell me if you can channel this. Where are we going with Auto?
2: Okay. So I really love that question. Uh, I don't get asked it often enough. First of all, I would say that we are not going to be in 2025. Okay. Autonomous vehicle is going to be, I think we're about 15 years. I think everyone's a little too optimistic there with um, when they think it's actually going to come. And I actually don't think that my tech solutions will be outdated at all. And I don't think that the landscape will change as much as everyone thinks it is. I think that it's just going to be a computer determining which person and which accident is going to be less severe. So I think that for accident, you know, auto collision profiles, we're just going to see the severity maybe change, which is a great thing, right? Because we, we want to lose less lives. But I think that as long as the car is a, a weapon, there's going to be an accident. It's just going to be determined by a computer now right? So the hazards of what causes accidents are still going to be there. Human error is not the only aspect of you know, road safety. No, it's, uh,
0: it's the usual suspect, but it's not the only one. Right. So whether it's not, yeah, what, and I think what, you're still
2: going to see hazards, you know, and you're going to still see auto collisions It's just going to look different. Sure. I mean, deer, deer are still going to run on the road. Oh, I get so I, much of that. We have yeah. like animal detection because we have pedestrian detection. So it does yeah. do large, large animal detection. So yeah, I mean, let me tell you something. They cause a lot of accidents.
0: I, I was, I was, this was 17 years ago. I was driving back from Michigan and I, I, I was in a Volkswagen Passat, uh, driving down a small highway in Texas. And I'm not kidding a cow and not a small cow, a large cow, broke, broke, broke out, of, broke out of her fence and started walking across the highway. And I had to slam my brakes on. I came within, it was at night too. I came within five feet, eight feet of running ahead into this, you know, thousand pound animal, or whatever it was. I mean, this thing was huge. it was a massive cow. You're still going to have things that happen. Okay, you're a programmer, and you're writing autonomous car software. Who gets preference on surviving, the passenger or the pedestrian?
2: Pedestrian.
0: Yeah. I think you have to. And th- this, is, this is like, I've, I've thought about this right? a lot.
2: Pedestrian detection, I think, is so important. I, I, first of all, I put the collision wins. I'm actually really scared of driving. I, isn't that kind of funny, guys? Right? <laughs> I guess um, I hate driving. I really do. I make yeah. my boyfriend drive everywhere. I'm like, baby, I know you're driving. I was like, <laughs> you can't drive. I live eight blocks from him, guys. So make him come pick
0: me up. <laughs> ah! No, ride your yeah, bike, I'm, get a Segway. do something.
2: Jeez. I hate driving. I think that it's kind of because I look at these stats every day, right? I see claims come in throughout my my journey in all my years, not just here at Safe Drive, but I know how deadly cars are. And I, it really actually just gives me anxiety to drive, to be perfectly frank with you. And so... I told my boss as soon as I got here. He installed a collision avoidance system. I have everything in my car. I have dash cam. I have everything. I need backup sensors. I have really bad eyesight too, <laughs> so you know it's quite a thing. So I have everything strapped in, and I truly believe. And this is not just because you know I do this. You know this is my tech solution, but I I really believe. I wish that people knew that their OEM personal cars do not come fully equipped with safety features, and I really wish that more people would invest in collision mitigation technology, because if they did, we would see so, so many less deaths, so many less, you know, severe car accidents. And just, it really helps. I'm telling you, it really, it really does. It's, it, it really helps you to drive better and and see things that you can't foresee.
0: But back to the preference question, I think, I think you have to preference pedestrians. The person in the car has a boatload of safety equipment, including airbags and seatbelts that give them a fighting shot of actually living uh, through an accident. The pedestrian has nothing. Right. So there've been a lot of those discussions as you're, you're really relegating this. And then of course, the insurance question is who has the liability then? Is it the software company that wrote the algorithm that preference the, the pedestrian? It gets complicated. Like it's going to cause
2: a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. It's
0: going to be a legal nightmare. There's going to be a whole bunch of indemnification when you buy a car, like you're going to have to indemnify the, The dealer and the car, I guess.
2: I have to ask you guys this question. I don't know about you, but like, okay, my boyfriend has a fancy car. He loves, (laughs) I guess men love cars, right? Yes. Fancy Porsche. The new one, I don't know. It looks like a hatchback. It's a four-door. He loves this. Turbo. Okay, fine. (laughs) There is no shot that my boyfriend would ever buy a self-driving car. My boyfriend wants to feel the speed, he wants to feel the luxury. I just don't also know how everyone's talking about like autonomous cars, autonomous cars, like how many people really, like I love an autonomous car cause I never want to be in the car, but I don't know many people who buy cars to not want to drive a lot. You know, I, I just, I wonder that too, you know? Yeah.
1: yeah so Justine, this is a question I actually get a lot, right? Different talks that I, I give kind of around the country and, I always tell people that I kept thinking the same thing. Like, why would I ever want an autonomous car whatever? And then I drove from Phoenix, Arizona to Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I think it was between like Flagstaff and Winslow. I was like... Yeah, I really wish I had an autonomous car right about now. This is the boringest drive I've ever. You know, when you're stuck in traffic, like your daily commute, like if you're going into Manhattan and back, right, and you were actually trying to drive that, right, rather than taking yeah, the MTA or whatever, like I, I think there are a lot of scenarios that daily grind driving that in an autonomous vehicle, it's like, wow, right, I can. You know, watch Netflix or I can be on my phone or God forbid, you know, check email, right? Or do do even more work. So I think you're gonna see a mix. But then, you know, I've also said like think about motorcycles. Like nobody's autonomizing a motorcycle. Why? Because the whole point of having a motorcycle experience. is to drive it, it's experience exactly. So I think you'll always have a segment we've talked to a CEO in a classic car. Insurer over in Germany and in Europe a few uh, weeks ago, Desiree. So, you know, again, same thing there, right? Like, yeah. The purpose of having the classic cars to kind of toodle around with it or whatever. And so, I think you'll always have that segment. But I do think that kind of main, just getting from point A to point B or whatever, like you will free up more time. It, like, that's the one resource we all want more of and just can't get, right? No matter how much money you have, it's 24 hours in the day for all of us. So, if you can reclaim more time to do stuff you want to do rather than just your daily commute i think many people will take that option
0: yeah. i don't want an autonomous motorcycle but i want an electric motorcycle have you guys seen zero motorcycles i mean no. oh my goodness no. mm, mm. they have that all sounds all... good
2: i come from a long line of bikers so yeah well um, my dad is a harley man and all my uncles so open your I grew oh, up around bikes
0: Open your web open your web browser and type in zero z e r o motorcycles com and go check that out. That will that'll that'll blow your mind. They have some uh, incredible incredible machines. And I, you know, Rob, I don't think I told you I'm a mopedder as well. I've got, oh, I've, nice. I've got some fantastic mopeds in Michigan that I cruise along the uh, the shoreline of Lake Michigan well, on.
2: This so. is quite a good looking bike. Wow!
0: <laughs> I I'm telling you, and well,
2: I mean it's more of a. So I grew up around Harleys, but you know my significant others a ducati person so
0: uh, i love ducatis
2: this is more yes yeah, so this is more that
0: speed It is, it is but there's yeah but there's no there's no sound right so no shifting no vibration no fumes no no sound it's completely silent and 100 116 foot pounds of torque which puts it above any gas gas turning engine it, it's incredible and i i go to moto gp which is the big motorcycle race down in austin at circuit of the americas and, you know, it'll light your heart on fire, man. It's, it's incredible. But let's get back. Let's wrap it up. Where can people find out more information? You You, you want to talk to risk managers. You want to talk to insurers. Where can they find out more information about your company?
2: Yeah. So, you know, of course, our website's a great resource. I'm a great resource. You can always email me, reach out. Uh, I work 24-7, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, just reach out. RIMS organization, we work really heavily with them. They have a lot of information about us, on us as well. But obviously, our website, I think, is the, the best way, www, to get us.
0: Okay. And you, I think that's at safedrivesystems.com, right? Yep,
2: www.safedrivesystems.com.
0: Safedrivesystems.com. Okay. Have you ever met the Long Island medium? And if so,
2: what is she like? No, I have never met her. Isn't that funny? She lives out east, more towards like the Hamptons area, or at least that's where she like originated from. A lot of people, I don't think she even lives here anymore, but you know. No, I've never met her. Mm. I met some really cool people, though, in the Hamptons.
0: Oh, who's and the coolest
2: person there, I met, you've met, met? some really cool people. Who's the cool Alec cool- Baldwin, ah. I like Baldwin. I used to go to his, I, I love him. I don't know about you guys, I find him to be 30 Rock was one of my favorite shows. It's complicated. I laugh every time I put it on. So, his wife taught yoga. My mom is such a yogi. So, we used to go to her classes, and he was in there a couple of times. Um, <laughs> cuomo's brother so see him at the bagel store all the time around from my mom's house but they don't really like him out here so he gets to be thrown at him um he was wearing no mask in the bagel store out there
0: oh he
2: announced that he had coronavirus, so everyone was not too pleased with him um yeah
0: that's awesome john Mayer, yeah
2: john Mayer, so many times at surf lodge in montauk
0: yeah awesome. it, well it's it's a great it's a great place to spend the summer not so much in the winter but uh a, a wonderful place winter to hang out we
2: go the- to the city you know that's why we have best for both worlds.
0: exactly long island does have it does have it really good well, look, um, uh, it's been a great conversation. Rob Galbraith, as always, uh, thank you for, for joining and co-hosting. It's uh, always a pleasure to see you, sir. Uh, before we say goodbye, just want to see if there's, if you're hearing anything in the ether and the InsurTech news space, if you heard anything out there, any announcements going on, any, any other news that has come across your desk as of recent.
1: So just two quick things, James. Uh, Shout out to uh, Duck Creek Technologies who had their IPO this week. So we're continuing a a run of some great inter IPOs following Lemonade. And I'm actually speaking uh, as part of their V-Formation conference. I spoke with their CMO, Scott Fitzgerald. That is going to be Um, Broadcast on Wednesday of next week, which is right after this gets uh, right before this uh, drops. So, definitely go and check that out online. And then, you know, right around the corner of September, it's going to be what they call a September to Remember World Tour. So, Insure Tech Connect, unfortunately, we can't all gather in Las Vegas like we typically do. I'm actually doing it with the DIA, which is a big uh, conference in Europe. So, they're doing a kind of joint world tour, and there's going to be events throughout september i'm actually speaking at the turkish event on september 16th but yeah definitely just kind of tune in look for that not going to vegas this year guys but there's going to be a lot of stops kind of along the world tour and so many great uh, companies presentations so if you want to know more about InterTech, look for the itc plus dia world tour in september
0: awesome and i've got two news articles i saw this week that I thought were pretty interesting HCL Technologies is a leading global tech company in collaboration with R3. They're an enterprise blockchain software firm. They launched Building Block. It's a blockchain platform to streamline business property insurance for multinational companies. It's called Building Block. It's out there by HCL and R3. It theoretically enables insurance companies to craft a master policy document. And this is from Express Computer, by the way, that magazine. But they can create a, a master policy document enable real-time data flow, they obviously cryptographically secure it in immutable manner. So in other words, they lock it, you can't you can't change it once it's written. And it has all the typical benefits of of blockchain. You know, we've been talking about blockchain, but it's interesting seeing developments actually release and products be released and this is one of those products that's uh, streamlined around business property insurance policies. So you can go check that out. Uh, it's called building block. The other uh, piece of news, uh, because of uh, COVID and all kinds of difficulties with inspections, the loss adjustment business, Integra Technical Services developed a new tech to integrate and manage their specialty lines claims. Uh, they were trying to get around having to always be face-to-face so the tech can be used on the smartphone camera, handled by an insured employee. Uh, Integra Adjusters can then directly, remotely control and capture footage of damage ins- inspections, as well as the monitoring of repairs. So what they're doing... Is there uh, creating an app that allows them to have more control over what they look at, and all the user has to do is install the app, and then the the employee doesn't have to travel to the claim site, but they do control that the camera is actually on, and uh, they can see the video and the photos. So it's pretty neat seeing some of these remote inspection apps. We've talked about them, but you're actually seeing one that's come out uh, in this case from Integra Technical Services. So those are the two news articles from this week. Again. Always fun talking insuretech to all of our Tech geeks out there. Keep geeking out. Have a good time. Justine, thanks for joining us. You're hilarious.
2: Thank you so much, guys, for having me. It was such a pleasure.
0: Yeah, awesome. And Rob, stay stay cool in the heat over there and make sure you don't forget that today is still your anniversary and you got to do something soon. I'm on it man I'm on it
2: better get that gift from Amazon have it delivered by tomorrow morning yes just say honey
0: just say honey COVID made Amazon late that's all you gotta do (laughs) yeah
2: there was a delay in the shipment
0: yeah Again, this has been the, of the Tech Geek Podcast, powered by J.B. Knowledge. at jbknowledge.com. It's all about technology that's transforming and disrupting the insurance world. I've been your host, James Benham. It's jamesbenham.com with co-host Rob Galbraith, NativeInsurance.com. Big thanks to Jim Greenley, our podcast producer, Kara Dalton, our creative producer, and Adele Walbeck, our transcriptionist. And thank you for joining us today. Remember, InsureTech Geeks, keep geeking out. See you next time.